and to get me to a place where um, I could really suss out you know, what are the lies that I'm believing about myself? Where's the untruth? And to be able to recognize it, call it out. And like, you know what, this is not true. Like I'm believing these negative things about myself. And this is just not true. Um, that I am capable, that I am more than able to accomplish and to do things and to be, you know, a good human and to encourage and empower other people. So it really was born out of a desire to kind of pay back some of the gifts that were given to me. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. Greetings and salutations, it's Audley Stevenson here, and welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, where our focus is to help our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. In this episode, we have the pleasure of welcoming Robin Sears uh, to the podcast. She's the founder of Above and Not Beneath uh, as our special guest. Uh, Robin's work focuses on empowering single mothers through positive intelligence coaching to help them embrace their capabilities and build mental and and emotional resilience. Join us as we dive into Robin's journey, her impactful coaching approach, and the power of language and self-talk in shaping our beliefs and actions. Get ready for an inspiring, transformative conversation with Robin Sears, coming up next on the Audacious Living Podcast. Hey, Robin, thank you for being here on the Audacious Living Podcast. It is a pleasure. Thank you for making the time like this. Oh, it is truly my pleasure. Oddly, I am thrilled to be a guest on your show. Uh, it's, I, I, I oftentimes say how appreciative I am an individual is coming and spend the time like this. And, and first of all, engage in such great stuff. And the conversation we have here is phenomenal. I walk away going with all these amazing lessons. And so uh, I think that's really, really cool. So again, thank you for that. Um, we're going to dive specific your work, the work you do specifically with, with, with single mothers around uh, empowerment uh, with, with such a big thing. I, you know, if you, when you can empower someone um, to, to give them the confidence, the ability to, to do more than they ever thought or become more than they thought they ever could be. Uh, it's, it's, it's such a, such a powerful feeling I would imagine for you. Uh, and so maybe as, as a starting point, we'll get in all that stuff, but maybe as a starting point, I'll get you to sort of talk about the work you do and, and kind of how you landed where you did. Yeah. So, um, all great questions. And, um, so I, I, I kind of to sort of maybe back into what I am doing. I landed here oddly because um, I had some really powerful experiences when I was a single mother and had some incredible people pour into my life and to empower and encourage me um, to overcome some of those mental and emotional hurdles, some negative self-belief that I had um, and to get me to a place where um, I could really suss out, you know, what are the lies that I'm believing about myself? Where's the untruth and to be able to recognize it, call it out and like, you know what, this is not true. Like I'm believing these negative things about myself and this is just not true. Um, that I am capable, that I am more than able to accomplish and to do things and to be a you know, a good human and to encourage and empower other people. So it really was born out of a desire to kind of pay back some of the gifts that were given to me. Mm. And um, 
so that's sort of where it came from. But I, my husband and I live outside of Atlanta um, together. Uh, we have five children. So we've been remarried now for almost 10 years. And um, he is also um, my greatest gift and biggest headache, right? Like that's how marriage goes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's actually the, I mean, the big, literally the biggest blessing. Um, but we have five kids between the two of us and we have um, three granddaughters. Wow. and two grandsons on the way. So our family is rapidly yeah. expanding. We went awesome. from like empty nesters yeah, to yeah, yeah. now we have like all these grandkids. Congratulations, <laughs> so, such a blessing. It really is. Yeah, yeah, it has been, um, it is a blessing. And so excited to uh, walk along our kids as they're navigating adulthood and parenthood. Yes. Um, but so it, I don't, and so then morphing into um, single parents and single mothers, um, I just have seen over the course of, uh, my life and a lot of relationships with other single mothers, how they really struggle with, um, with stress and wearing all the hats and, you know, they're all the things to all the people in their lives. And that's really hard because it breeds, it's like a breeding ground for perfectionism and perfectionism will steal the joy out of every situation that you're in. Um, and so, uh, some of the gifts that I learned when I was uh, a single mom and the education that I've had and counseling and coaching that I've experienced is to learn, to laugh at my mistakes. <laughs> simple as a as simple, oh, simple, 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 yeah. but I have a deep rooted, um, ingrained, uh, <laughs> you know, this mindset that you must show up a certain way, you must be a certain way, you must perform a certain way. And, um, this bar was ridiculously high yes, yes. as I stepped into single parenthood and then realized, oh, I can like do none of these things. Well, <laughs> right, right. um, and uh, the conglomeration of that is that I sort of hit this, this wall, this physical wall. And my body was telling me, Robin, you've you got to do something here because your stress is taking a toll on, on you, a mental, emotional, physical toll on you, but also in your relationships. Right. And um, so I entered into this work called positive intelligence. Okay. And positive intelligence reiterates the fact that none of us are perfect and that it's okay to laugh at yourself. It's okay to acknowledge your shortcomings and there, look at all these beautiful strengths that you have and to enter into a relationship with yourself. That's filled with empathy and compassion and curiosity, because I think a lot of times that's, what's missing is that we're not empathetic to ourselves. We're not curious about like, why am I feeling this way? I've got this pinch right. in my shoulder and what's driving that. And, um, so I think the beautiful thing about the work and how I really think it helps single mothers is it makes them stop and take a breath. And in that breath and in that pause, we have the ability to check in with ourselves and say, oh my gosh, what's going on here? Like, I notice I'm breathing shallowly today. Mm. What am I feeling? What's driving that? And when we can start to just gently ask ourselves some questions, it's unbelievable how healing that is. Right, 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 right. And what I'm hearing is it's really forcing you to, to pay attention and be mindful of what's happening 
certainly to you, but also an opportunity to what's happening around you as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Because it also keeps us present with the folks that are in front of us yeah. and with the work that we're doing. And, you know, we've all been in those meetings where it's like, it's tense in there. Like you're starting to sweat. Maybe you feel like you're under the gun. And that is, that is our amygdala starting to take over. Right. And, and we have, we were created with the ability to stop and to, and, and pause and to take a few breaths. It's like, no logic and reason can be present in this moment. And I don't need to sit in the spin of all of the negative what ifs. Right. Right. And that's what I think positive intelligence helps us to do. It helps us to pause. It helps us to breathe. It helps us to stay present. Um, and it helps us to take a look of like, what's really going well here? Right. And how can I build on that? Got you. Got you. For, for, for listeners or, or who are hearing the term uh, positive intelligence coaching for the very first time, could you elaborate further to kind of give a, uh, a definition, if you will? Sure. Um, so it was created by a gentleman named Shirzad Shermain, and he did a lot of research and worked with universities to build this. And he outlined, he calls them saboteurs, but it's the way that we self-sabotage. And he outlined, there are 10 of them. Okay. And um, so for instance, there is, there's an assessment you can take. And I'll tell you a funny story about that. When I first took the assessment, mm -hmm. it highlights like your first two saboteurs. Okay. And I was like, that's not true. No, no, that's not true. And so I, um, but then I started digging in and started reading and started doing this PQ work. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's totally true. <laughs> <laughs> the truth set in. Yeah. So mine are restlessness and avoidance. Okay. And um, PQ has helped me. And I, the goal of it really is, um, is to connect the mental, emotional, and physical, our mental, emotional, physical being. So for instance, I know when I'm feeling restless, I know exactly what it feels like. I feel this little flutter at the very top of my chest, almost like how anxiety can feel for some yes. people. Yep. 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 And when I recognize that I'm feeling this, I'm like, what am I avoiding? Mm, it could be mean? a task. It could be a conversation. Right. You know, there are a lot of different things that it could be the flip side to the saboteurs. It's your underlying sage strength. So for instance, people who have avoider as part of their saboteurs. Like I am easygoing. I'm an even keeled temperament. I am flexible and adaptable. Mm -hmm. You could change plans on me last minute. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Right. Right. Um, you know, so it's about learning to overcome those, those, um, the ways that we respond to stress in life. And it can be hyperachieving. It can be hyper-rational, hyper-vigilant, people-pleasing, and, um, and then we all have the judge, of course, but there's, there's 10 of them. And so it's about creating the awareness of what our roadblocks are, these internal saboteurs that we have, yes. how our body is responding to that, your point. physical body, yep. tell you what's going on with you emotionally before your brain can tell you what emotion you're feeling. Right. And so when we learn to tap into our body and, and really like get inside and like, okay, what am I feeling right now? It allows your mind to start to process the emotion. And so positive intelligence is about like just sitting down 90 seconds, taking a deep breath, 
And it's, it's like a micro moment of mindfulness and it's literally just, okay, I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths. I'm not going to grab a hold of any thoughts that are floating by. I'm just going to allow the sensations of my body to kind of tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to take a lot of time. You know, people think meditation and I have to have a special room and right, right. you don't, right. You can do it in the boardroom. You can do it in the kitchen. You can do it in the car, driving the kids around. Um, so it's really connecting the mental, emotional, and physical aspects of the way we respond to things mm-hmm. and helping you to learn how to pause and respond instead of react. So that was a little bit of a long-winded way to say It's about building physical awareness and emotional awareness so that we have more choice in the way that we engage. Right, right, right. And and I think the word awareness is a a fabulous way of sort of wrapping that all up and understanding what we're talking about here because everything, you know, any sort of whether growth or change or or transformation is something else, it it starts with that awareness and understanding what needs to change or what needs to be adjusted or what needs to be reevaluated. And it's, you know, I I oftentimes use awareness as like, it's like like you, it's, I think about awareness, like the light switch, right? So you come into a dark room and there's furniture that's there already that you can't see. Well, you flip that switch and the awareness brings that light to, to, to your view it didn't put the stuff there because it was already there, right? So it makes you understand, okay, here's what's happening. Okay, now I know the chair is there and the table is there and, and you can uh, you know, make adjustments that you need to make accordingly. Absolutely. I think that's a great analogy. It's just starting yeah. to shine the spotlight on and it's a kind and gentle process. This yeah. is not about self-recrimination. It is literally like, huh, I guess I didn't really realize that, you know, I avoid this task at work. Well, why am I avoiding it? Is it because I don't have enough information and I don't feel confident in completing it? You know, maybe I need to phone a friend or, you know, take a class or something. Um, But oftentimes it, you know, for myself, I go back to that's my perfectionism showing up. Mm. And instead of like starting the project and maybe it's messy in the beginning, I feel like I need to present like this beautifully polished, completely well thought out design. Right. But that's not the truth, right? Like the growth comes in the mess. So we're better with just like, you know, embracing the, you know, the stickiness of it and get just roll up your sleeves and get to work. Sure. Well, well, the mess is supposed to, the, the beginning is supposed to be messy, right? It's, I, I, I often use the example of bike riding, right? Like when you got on the bike, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't ride instantly off the bat. Maybe there were some that naturally have it, but by and large, most people probably fell down, scraped their knees, scuffed their toes, maybe cried. I mean, all of these things, that's part of the mess, but it's through that process. And I think an important piece of that process is to continue going as opposed to, oh, I fell down, I'm done. That's over, right? It's mm-hmm. it's continuing going. And that, and I think that, that's sometimes where people get hung up, right? Where mm-hmm. they, they didn't achieve, they, they didn't knock, you know, knock it out of the park at the first swing. So they put the bat down and walked away. As opposed to understanding that, you know, in, in baseball, you get three strikes for a reason, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a great analogy. And I, and I think it's really just, you know, it's just that, like, just go back to the awareness of it. It is about just the awareness of like, you know what, it's okay to like not be perfect. It's okay to step into this mess. And it's also a great modeling tool for our children and particularly for single moms who are 
trying to do all the things, um, you know, and to show up well for their kids and, and all of that. It's a great way to model to them. Like, ah, I dropped the ball, you know, I made a mess here. So, um, like, how can I fix this? Like, what does that look like? And, um, and I think that that has the ability to build deeper relationships, not only with your children, but work relationships, friend relationships, when we can sit back and go, hmm, looks like I made a mess here. How can we fix it? What, what, what I love about the dialogue that you just gave as an example is, is and you talked earlier about the grace that we can have on ourselves and how important that is and, and being able to forgive our own mistakes and or recognize that we, we might make mistakes and as opposed to beating ourselves up and I'm so stupid and why'd I do this and all that kind of negative self-talk. Uh, and I'm a big fan of positive self-talk, by the way, like I truly, truly am. And I, I talk to myself all the time and I'm, and I'm honestly, I'm great. I'm, you're fantastic. I really, tr- and it, it's funny when I started, when I started consciously doing it, it sounded kind of weird. Like I, it was kind of uncomfortable a little bit too. Cause I'm like, okay, just relax. But I, I you know, you, you keep going and it's, it's true. And, and I think what happens is 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 when you so when you run into uh, something difficult you run into a challenge and and you don't get it you know myself talking okay 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 i saw something like this before and how did i get through it, and what did i do or who do i call or what you you do all that and next thing you know the problem you thought a problem isn't a problem anymore exactly exactly and i like and it also like forces us to kind of move into community and i think we you know a lot of that is can be missing Mm-hmm. For single moms, it can be really tough to find community, um, but it it allows us to say, okay, I'm like, I made a mess here. Um, what am I going to do next time? How am I going to avoid the situation um, to, you know, to kind of get out of that thought pattern and process that they had before, right. you know, was maybe not taking them where they wanted to be. And they were, you know, maybe not living the lives that they were created to live. Got you. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you talked early, uh, earlier about the, uh, as we were talking about self-talk, uh, the lies that we tell ourselves um, and, and really um, uh, uprooting those lies and processing them to kind of come to the terms of what really is true and what's not. What does that process look like when it comes to, you know, dealing with these lies we tell ourselves? Yeah, I think the process again, to kind of be reiterative, it's about stopping and pausing. Mm. And when you feel that negative, like beat yourself up, talk coming up. Well, well, why? Mm. Well, where's the, did somebody tell me that? And then I believed it because they told me that I wasn't capable. Well, but is it true? Because I've done this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And well, if I've done those things and what they told me about me not being enough or good enough or smart enough, that was a lie. And I allowed that to become my truth. And so that's not true. So I'm believing something, some garbage that somebody else told me. Yep. And you just kind of start to outroot those things like, oh, no, no, that's actually not true because I am actually a capable human being. You know, I am a good mother. I am a good employee. You know, I may not know all the things to be able to be all the things, but that's okay. I don't have to, I have to show up today and do the best that I can do today Yes. for the people who are, who are relying on me. And the number one person who is relying on you is you, you, right. <laughs> right. So show up for forget yourself. Forget that. Don't we, don't we forget. We, do forget. Forget. <laughs> we absolutely forget that. 
And so I think it's really just like, it's stopping be like, okay, I feel negative. Why am I feeling negative? You know, I'm feeling sluggish. Like I can't, you know, I went through a period of time in my life where I'm like, I just don't want to get off the couch, you know? And like, I don't want to apply for, like I lost my job at one point many years ago. I was like, I don't want to apply for a job. Like I was afraid to put myself Mm -hmm. back out there again. And, you know, friends like pushing me, Robin, like, come on, everybody loses their job. It's not that big of a deal. Like it's painful and it hurts and you're a single mom and it's scary. Yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. it's not like ignoring the hard that comes along, but it's, it's acknowledging that those things are true, but also yes. And right. Also I have the ability to step into something here. And what happened when I stepped into applying for a, a new job was that I ended up in an incredible place with incredible humans that spoke deeply and richly into my life and made the biggest difference. And the the growth opportunity that it creates is Mm -hmm. is really what we're talking about. It creates that opportunity to be more than what you were. And, and, and and I totally get it. You know, in the moment when these bad things happen or the perceived bad things happen, how how tough it could be, how challenging it could be. And absolutely the hardest, most difficult thing is go, Oh yeah, this is good for me because it's going to get me to a better place. Right. Right. (laughs) This is our realistic thinking. Okay. We're not here to tell people that's how it goes. Right. We're going to say, look, it is going to happen, but what, comes out of that. And that's why when you, when you talk about pausing, why that is so important, because it gives you that perspective to slow down, to stop, not letting the emotional, because that's the other part about this too, is, you know, making emotional decisions oftentimes don't turn out the best for us. And so Absolutely. stopping and doing that and taking that pause and looking and reflecting gets us the opportunity to, to really appreciate those growth opportunities that you just touched on. It, it absolutely does. And being able to shift from reactivity into responding, it, you know, it influences the way that you parent your children. So maybe instead of like flying off the handle and yelling at them, take a deep breath and like ask them a question. Like, I I see you did this, but I'm just curious about, you know, why you thought that might be a good idea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I wish that I had known a lot more of this when my children were young. <laughs> yes. I, um, I've had to do, I've had to, I've apologized multiple times to my children. I was like, I wasn't like, I wasn't a perfect mom, you know, like I tried really hard. I tried really hard. And, you know, um, I did tell them that if they ever needed to go to therapy or felt like they needed to go to therapy, that I would pay for it. Cause it was probably my fault. So. <laughs> I love the honesty. That's awesome. You know, <laughs> Well, Robin, you have an opportunity, you're, you're, you're opportunity with your grandkids to get it right. So there you go. That's right. That's right. And I just, <laughs> um, empathy and kindness and curiosity is, sure. uh, is a great way to step into, sure. um, yeah, to step into loving the little people. There you go. There you go. You, you, you touched on um, uh, uh, the reacting versus responding. And there's such a fine line um, between the two. Um, c- can you sort of d- make the distinction just so people are clear? Because I, because I believe that there are individuals who, who, who are reacting and don't even realize that they are. Yeah. And I, and I think that's completely true. And I think the difference between the two is that when you are responding, you're making a conscious choice. Okay. And you are reacting, you are caving to an impulse, like a subconscious impulse. 
And the difference between the two, it's like a gas pedal, right? Like you, you gotta, you have to pause, you have to put on the brake because your amygdala has to switch to your prefrontal cortex. And that takes a second. And then when it does, it can allow you to make those clearer decisions and have those thoughts made clearer and you're able to think rationally. And I think that's the important, I know I touched on it earlier, but the importance of thinking rationally as we're going through this, this process. And so uh, thank, thank, thank you for uh, making that distinction. Um, so, so I, I'm, so I'm sort of trying, I'm trying to follow a pathway here on that pathway of empowering individuals. So we're, we're, we're kind of going along where I know we're sort of jumping all over the place, but as we're going on this pathway of empowerment, we certainly talked about, so the, the, the recognizing of the emotions, uh, and the awareness piece, what follows that? Yeah. So I think what follows that is it's practice, right? It's not perfection. It's an every, it's building an everyday practice. Yes. Mm-hmm. And part of that practice is reflection at the end of the day. Hey, what, what went well for me today? What didn't go so well for me today? How can I think about maybe how I would handle that situation differently in the future? Yep. And it's just building that mental muscle of learning to pause, respond, and then reflect I'm like, okay, so I didn't maybe quite get the outcome that I wanted. So maybe I need to think about that a little bit deeper. Why did I, and I think it's just a deeper curiosity with ourselves and to kind of go to that place where we can be really vulnerable and honest, because I think even though it's like, who's going to hear this conversation that I'm having with myself, nobody, but me. Right. Right. And, um, but still it's like, we want to hide the truth from ourselves. And we can finally acknowledge like, yeah, I just, I really stepped in it and maybe I need to offer an apology. And maybe I need to go to that person and, and apologize. And when you take that next step and you maybe call the person that maybe you had harsh words with and you apologize to them, mm-hmm. you've built deeper community. You've built a deeper relationship. You've strengthened something in yourself and you've strengthened something in someone else because then they have an opportunity to accept your apology or not. Now that's on them. But you're modeling something that says, and an acknowledgement is like, hey, I said some harsh things today and I just, I was stressed out about something else and I took it out on you and I'm really sorry. And it becomes like a deep, beautiful place to have a relationship. And so I think what's really what's next, it's learning how to reflect and then how to carry those reflections forward. Mm-hmm. Continue just to build on the practice. It's a gentle practice you do every day. Yeah. I have a I have alarms set on my phone that go off like every couple of hours to remind me they call them PQ reps. And so literally I stop wherever I am sitting in my chair, what have you. And I just kind of breathe for like 90 seconds, take yep. a couple deep breaths, maybe hold my breath for a second or two and just allow whatever it is that I'm feeling to surface. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just building on this really nice, gentle, kind practice that allows you to build that mental or that um, self-empathy muscle. Mm. You, you've used the word uh, gentle a few times. And I absolutely love the fact that you do because it, it, it's, 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 we talked about sort of having grace in ourselves and, mm-hmm. and we're, we're gentle and forgiving of, 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 of the things that happen. And uh, maybe we made some mistakes or maybe we could have reacted differently, or maybe we could have taken a an alternate viewpoint, um, whatever that is, uh, if we're able to be gentle with ourselves in that lesson, because it's a lot, le- what we're doing, we're, we're learning a lesson in the moment, right? There, there's no, 
a, a, a manual or a script or a handbook that we get in advance that here's how you do to do this. It's 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 in the moment that we're we're we're, we're learning we're practicing and learning at the same time. And so in that and and so because of that and because we're in that practice state, it's natural that mistakes are going to happen. And that and that's where that gentleness and why that's so important uh, that we're gentle. So I just wanted to touch on that because that's really really important. And I think it's important to me too, because the, we can be so harsh on ourselves yes, and the world, you know, there's all these harsh messages that we get from the world and, you know, social media and, you know, all this, the news. And, and it's like, we, I think need some gentleness in our lives mm-hmm. and, and I don't need to be hard on myself. Right. Um, because that I'm not really going to learn and move forward. That harshness is going to make me probably stay stuck. Yeah. And stuck is where we don't want to be because that's just, that's really, that's like us back to square one, quite frankly. Right. <laughs> it, does. it does. It's really, it's preventative. It's per, it prevents you from moving on to the next thing. It prevents you from being creative. Mm-hmm. It prevents you from dreaming. Oh. And, you know, that was, I think one of the things where, when I was really going through a very stressful period of my life, what I, cause I am a very creative person is that I, I couldn't create anything. I couldn't dream. I couldn't have a, I didn't have any visions for things that needed to, to get accomplished. And then I knew it was like, something is stopping me from this Mm. because I get a lot of life from creativity. Um, and, and I think I was created to be a creative person. right? Right. Um, and so it's like, what's stopping me from this? What is preventing me from enjoying the gifts that I think I was blessed with? Um, and you know, it's like, and it kind of goes back to, it's like, well, am I believing something that's untrue? Am I allowing the stresses of the world to impact me and influence the way I react and respond? And, and it's like, yeah, it it is. And so I need to disconnect and take a break and, um, be kind and gentle to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Those those are really, really fair questions, right? When you look at your your own actions and how you respond to things. So fantastic questions. You you, you touched on creativity. I'm I'm, I'm glad you did. I wonder if you sort of talk about how significant uh, creativity can be in our lives. Oh my gosh. Well, and it looks so different for a lot of, you know, for everybody. But I think um, when we're creative, we're playing. Mm. And if we you know, as children, you know, we, we're always, you know, I mean, I remember being a kid, I didn't want to come home. I was always outside riding my bike, running around the neighborhood. And that's a whole creative process. And then as you get older, we're sort of trained not to be playful, right? The world says you have to sit behind your school desk for eight hours a day. And then you have to do hours of homework and you have to do, you know, like we have these very rigid boxes that we sit in. And so we need all things I struggle with, by the way, I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) What? Like sitting in a desk for eight hours. I very much struggle with that. (laughs) I'm like, I'm pretty sure I have ADHD undiagnosed. (laughs) Pretty sure. Um, But I just think creativity, it brings joy. Um, It just, it's, it allows you to get messy um, it allows you to, um, really see the beautiful things in life that when we're just so heads down, focused on other things that we miss. Right. Beautiful things, wonderful things that are at our disposal that we just overlook and not see because 
where our headspace is somewhere else. So no, no, beautiful, so beautiful. Your 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 work must be so so uplifting, empowering, and um, being able to make the difference. Um, uh, what what I, I know it's going to be different for each individual, uh, but but at the end of that empowerment journey, um, what what does that look like? Yeah, so I have like a six week coaching program that's sort of kind of an introduction into positive intelligence, how to implement it into your life. And it's, um, we meet in a small group. I like to do small groups that are about five people, just create community and, and allow you to be authentic um, in a smaller group of people. And then I meet individually with these ladies once a, once a week. Mm-hmm. And then ongoing, it's, um, it's a, like a monthly, just a, m- a monthly meeting to talk about like what's going well for you, like a bit of a mastermind, if you will, um, to unpack and to have an opportunity to be creative and creative problem solvers. Um, and it's watching people move from uh, incredibly overwhelmed and stressed out to oh, you know, I don't like this happened. And now I don't feel so frantic about it. Right. It's incredible. That, that experience carries on to other aspects of your life. They did a study um, of mindfulness in, in, uh, in Dallas. They took two classrooms, same same grade level, same yep. number of students, one teacher, both teachers practiced mindfulness in their own daily lives. Okay. One teacher practiced it in the classroom, implemented some things in the classroom with the children. Okay. The other teacher did not. What was interesting about the study is that the children responded the same way in the classroom, meaning that the, the teacher who was in integrating small mindfulness practices in the classroom, the kids, when they were measured at the beginning of the year to the end of the year, and the improvements that they had with reactivity and, you know, talking out of turn and all of the, the various points that they were measuring and the improvements that they noticed, they noticed the same level of improvements with the teacher who did not practice mindfulness in the classroom with her students. Hmm comes, it came from the teacher. It was rubbing off on that. And then you kind of get into this whole thing about mirror neurons and um, right. all right. of that. So it kind of gets into like a deeper uh, neurological conversation. But um, I just think the point is, especially for single moms, that if we can make these small changes for ourselves, it rubs off on our children. Yeah, no, it does. It's, it's, uh, as, as I'm reflecting, it's, it's, it's just so impactful. And, 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 and the piece that really is exciting is that you now have the ability to impact generations, right? Oh. This is what we're talking about here. And so now, because you know, again, we, we get so many cues from our upbringing and from our parents and things that we've learned. And some of them are lies and some of them aren't true, but some of them are things that, that, that stick with us. a lot of that, a lot of them stick with us. It becomes our, our way of being. And I remember hearing a story once um, there was, uh, uh, it was a, a, a young girl, I guess. She, so she watched her, her, her grandmother. Uh, and when they made Turkey, like around Thanksgiving time, the mother used to cut off the, the wings and put them in, the, uh, cook them in the pot, like along the side. And, uh, and so she grew up and, and that's what she did as well. And just cut the wings off and, them, and that's how they did. That's how they cooked the Turkey. And it wasn't until someone asked, did it, they start to realize the reason why the grandmother did that is because the pot was too small. 
That's the only reason. That's the only reason. But everyone else thought it was a tradition and this is how we do it. And oh, you're supposed to do this. And it's not, it was, just, it was just that it's not the case at all. And so the whole idea of, of changing um, beliefs and challenging perceptions and, and not say the grandmother, the grandmother wasn't doing anything wrong. Right. But, but, but when we start to challenge why we do the things that we do, we realize that we don't need to do them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so often it's so true. And it's that's a, a great analogy of something, you know, it's just turkey. But there are other things, right? There are other these historical lessons and kind of get into epigenetics and the way our, our genes are changed by the stressors of our forebearers and how that gene expression and um, which is also very interesting. But um, but yes, it's like those modeled things that we yeah. saw that we got from our parents. And then when you finally stop to say, why am I doing the same thing my mom did? Yeah, that yeah. wasn't actually very helpful, mom. <laughs> I'm going to do something different with my kids. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. That's actually funny. So the, 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 the name of your organization is, is Above Not Beneath. Above and Not Beneath. Yes. E explain the title for me, please. Sure. Um, it actually comes from Deuteronomy 28, 13. Mm -hmm. And um, it is in honor of my mother. Um, my, when my sister and I were little, she used to say a prayer over us and it's, you are the head and not the tail and you're above and not beneath and blessed are the fruits of your labor. And my mother passed two and a half years ago. And, um, whenever I feel I'm like, I'm feeling down or I'm feeling like I'm, you know, not capable or whatever. I remember that for years, my whole life, these are the words that my mother prayed over, over me. And that they're powerful because words and language are powerful. Yeah. yeah. And so I named my organization Above and Not Beneath because I feel like a lot of these women that I work with don't feel that way. But it's not true. Right, 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 right. And that they are above and not beneath. Mm. I love it. I love it. The um, and I, I know we talked earlier about sort of self-talk, but you just said now again how powerful our language and words are, and 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 how much of a difference. And and, and I think oftentimes that is the difference maker for why we uh, uh, decide to do things or move forward or take bold audacious steps. I mean, on this podcast, we talk so much about you know being your bold audacious self and taking that first step. And 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 oftentimes it's in our head saying, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I should. I'm afraid. What if something happens to me? And when we shift and change that language is, yeah, what if something good comes out of this? I'm sure I can do this. I've never tried before, but let's try it. Like it, it, it shifts it entirely. And, and, and when you can make that kind of shift, it, it changes the perspective on everything. It absolutely does. It changes your subconscious that language. And it's, um, I was having a conversation with somebody and it was like, I should, I should, I should, I should. I said, girl, you are shoulding a lot. That's not helpful. It, it's not helpful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you should have done whatever, but well, now what are you going to do? Right. Because I think that language should, could, would, would have, you know, yep. they're just, they're, um, they're excuses, right? Sometimes it's like, no, 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 no. What do you, what do you actually want? Actually, you can actually, you actually do want? Yeah. Because yeah, you could do that, sure, mm -hmm. but is it actually what you want to do? And I think we're afraid to say what we actually want, because I think on some level we're afraid of the success that maybe we can actually achieve that. Right. Yeah. No. 
So I do think language is powerful. And it's, again, I think it just goes back to like pausing and reflecting. And I'm like, hmm, you know, I think I could change some of my, some of the way I say things. Give myself more of a shot than I have been in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Robin, this is so, so awesome. I, I, I really appreciate you, you, you taking the time here to, to share the way you have. Um, uh, I think using positive intelligence uh, as, as a coaching model is a fantastic way and starting point uh, of getting uh, individuals on, on that pathway. And in your case, specifically single mothers on that pathway to greatness and, uh, and really, you know, you, 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 you're empowering a mother uh, who now can empower their child, who can empower their child. So again, as I said earlier, it's, it's generational work that you're doing. So congratulations uh, on all that. It's fantastic stuff. I know you're a podcaster as well. So we got to give a shout to opportunity to shout out a, a, a fellow podcaster for individuals who want to, uh, uh, well, may, may, maybe, maybe you can explain the podcast and we can let people know how they can, they can sure. catch it. Uh, so the podcast is a cu- called Above and Not Beneath. And um, so I talked to a lot of women telling their stories of like where they were and where they are now and some of that victory journey. And I always ask them like, what kind of advice or encouragement could you give to somebody who is maybe 10 steps behind you and struggling? You know, um, and the other part of that, um, because, and I've had a, a great fun uh, finding organizations is talking to organizations who are serving women. There is so much good work going on in the world. Yes. There are so many incredible organizations who are like, come into my door. I love you. I want to serve you. I want to help you. So I'm interviewing these organizations to bring awareness to what they're doing because maybe somebody needs their service and they don't know that it's there. Right. Maybe somebody in a different city is like, huh, I wonder if we have something like that here. No, we don't. Maybe we should. Right. Um, because I just, you know, there's so much negativity in the world. I'm like, no, there's some great stuff going on. You're right. Great stuff going on. And I want to talk to those people and share uh, what's happening in their organizations and how they're making an impact. And so um, it's really just about encouragement and positivity and helping others, um, you know, to your point, live their audacious life. <laughs> Right. You got it. You got it. That's phenomenal. For 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 our listeners who want to uh, connect with you or learn about your work or check out your podcast, where can we send them, uh, Robin? Sure. You can go to my website, abovenotbeneath.org, and also on Instagram, above not beneath coach. You can find me in either location. Um, you can book a free consultation with me through the website if you'd like. And I would love the opportunity to to meet you and and have a conversation. Well, I'm glad that we spent the time today. Again, I said off the top how much I'm appreciative uh, of you being here, and I do mean that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Congratulations on the great work, uh, and all the best, my friend. Yes, thank you so much, Audley. So much fun and such a pleasure to be here. We're back. We are here on the podcast. Much thanks and appreciation goes out to Robin for being here and sharing her insights and experiences. I think that the work that she's doing with single mothers is phenomenal and, and that power empowerment work is just amazing. I also appreciated her, her emphasis on language and how impactful that is. So again, Robin, thank you for being here. You know, I really enjoyed the chat that we had. And if there's one thing I take from my conversation with Robin, it would have to be this. Language is powerful. The words we use, the way we speak to ourselves and others matters more than we think. Our internal dialogue can either uplift us or hold us back. 
It's time to challenge the negative self-talk, the could-has and the should-has, and shift our language to reflect positivity and possibility. Because when we do, we open up a world of potential, creativity, and empowerment. It's about recognizing that we are at the head and not the tail, above, not beneath. It's about owning our own audacious selves and stepping into our greatness for ourselves as well as generations to come. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Audacious Living Podcast. You know, on today's conversation with Robin, she reminded us about the power of our language, the impact it has in our lives. And as we wrap up, I encourage you to take a moment and reflect on your own internal dialogue. Are your words empowering you and others or is it not? You know, join us next time as we continue to explore audacious living and help others live their best audacious lives ever. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.